Hey, Jamie, I've got a question for you. What do you want, Tom? Who's on the podcast this coming Friday? Oh, is it someone big? Boy. Is uh, it a big one? Shall I bother listening this week? Yeah. If I was going to say uh, take. And I would say off no, your trousers. No, no. Take. Me out. No, take. Paddy McGuinness. No, take. Take on me. Take that. Wow. Have a little patience. But hang on, presumably you've only, you haven't got all three of them, have you? Presumably you've just got one of them. Buddy, we have all three of them on the podcast. They've released a new album. It's coming out. They're going on tour. They talk about the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, on everything that happened in Take the That. The ins, the outs. And they reveal it all this Friday. Exclusively. On Private Parts. That's a big one. I'm going to listen to that. Hi, welcome to the Whole Truth Podcast. This is Lucy Rose. Uh, I'm Jordan Stevens. Very happy to have you on board. Thank you. Funny and music, we're just saying that. Over the course of this, I just want to really just try and have like a, I, I would say a warm discussion about mental health and also music in conjunction. And then quite, almost probably we will go off on quite a wild tangent and we can just talk about, about something else like horses Do you like horses? Yeah, I don't really like. I've always wanted to like horses. But I I only went on a horse once and I actually wet myself. Really? So Yo, put me off. that's a great start to Was this podcast. I love that. That's a great open dismissal straight but up. You peed like, on a horse. Yeah, I have dreams of of sort of galloping on horses at some point in my life. It's just but it's a dream at the moment. Yeah, have you literally had a dream about galloping on a horse? Yeah, like it's like, like a, like like a, a life meaning. ambition. That no, I but would... I mean like literally gone to sleep and dreamt about a horse. Yeah, definitely. Like about being like a cowgirl on a horse, definitely. Whoa. Come on, hasn't everyone had that? I think everyone's had that. I've had a dream about being stuck in a stampede. That's different. Yeah, quite. it's quite deep anxiety-based dream that feeling powerless to your environment, apparently. That's what it says online. Seriously, I haven't actually looked up what just... Galloping through the desert on a horse means. I don't know. I, if I get a bit of free time, I was thinking I could go to a ranch and properly learn mm. how to ride a horse. Definitely. I got a mate. Do you? Mm. In, seriously? Yeah. We can take you to a stable. Hundred percent. I love horses. Although, why on the topic of dreams? <laughs> when people talk about dreams, I find it shocking that not everyone is running around being like, "Oh my god, I just imagined something completely surreal." Do you not think it's quite surreal that we don't think that dreams are weird? But have we just not been told to that your dreams aren't important forever? So you just never talk about them? Do you reckon that's what it is? You know every time you're like, oh, I had this mad dream and your mates are like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't care. And I think that just infiltrates into your subconscious that dreams aren't important anymore. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Have you ever dreamt a song? That's just something people Oh, do. like woken up with and been like, oh, this is a tune? Yeah. No. I have dreamt quite elaborate 
plots from films. Not like that I've seen. I remember waking up, waking up and being like, how have I, how have I imagined that? You've just written like a blockbuster or something in your head. <laughs> well, if it's felt like it. I think that you could probably harness your dreams better than we do, mm. in a way. This is something within the subconsciousness, which is, I think, a very powerful thing, which is within music as well. It's like, in some ways, I think with, um, for me, with songwriting, it's becoming more and more like when people talk about meditation and going somewhere utterly sort of unconscious yeah. and harnessing that and uh, being able to use it to sort of explore deeper into yourself than you normally can yeah. within your consciousness. And I think dreams is something, one of those things, really, if you can harness it, it can be quite a powerful thing. Love that. And that's a good segue into talking about a bit about what you do. And, and um, you are a musician, a very accomplished, a very um, successful musician. No? I don't know, really. I love that. I mean, it's not really your place to say that, is it? I mean, look, success is subjective. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> It's gonna cut that. Gonna cut that together. You have a you have a following, like a you know a lot of hardcore fans, man. Who love the love the stuff you make. That's quite, a, you know, you like follow no one on social media and stuff. Does that make me successful? It makes you like? super cool. It does it. Yeah. It means I have no friends. It, it means you've mean. chosen, you've chosen for people to focus only on your creative intent, whereas there are other people running around begging for approval. Do you think so? I'm glad you're... That's a new thing. Not following anyone on social media is a new thing. And that's not because of anyone else. That's because of my own addiction to my phone, really. My oh, own, right. My own sort of... A way of just... If I keep looking and then there's stuff to scroll through, then I would waste time on it. Whereas if I now open up any of my apps, there's nothing on there. Nothing exists. Yeah. Because my newsfeed is empty, completely empty. So it's like, oh, I'll just put that down oh. again. So it has nothing to do with... An empty newsfeed, guys. Imagine it. What's that? Imagine the beauty of an empty newsfeed. An empty newsfeed. But then still on Instagram, I can still hit the uh, the thing that still gets me is the search. You know, and you've got the little... Yeah. And then I just have hundreds and hundreds of basketball videos. I just tend to... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, I just have... I've somehow the algorithm for, has turned into me into just all basketball videos. Obviously. High school basketball videos, like professional basketball videos. So now I'm into basketball Why? through Why? not being interested in anything. I'm now interested in basketball. What place does music have in your, in your life? God, it's such a long time ago now that I start, I guess, was first interested in music. It's hard for me to remember. I've, my new thing at the moment is that my memory is all false. So whenever I'm looking back at anything in my life, I don't truly believe my memories anymore. Jeez. Which is terrible. Which means I just, I'm always conscious that I feel like I'm just saying what I think I want to say instead of what the truth oh is. Oh my God, what, st what started you off on that? Because I'm trying to remember what got me into music in the first place. Um, no, but I, what, what, has, what, has, what has pushed you to the point of doubting your own memory? Because that is quite a legitimate thing to do, to be fair. Because I feel like you, you always look back so much, especially with music, like, why did you write this song in the first place? And, and I think you, you kind of, sometimes you don't know. And often the answer is, I don't know, really. I just wrote it. Yeah. But you ha you can't, that's not an answer anymore. So then you have an answer, and then I feel like your answers become your memories. And then you actually really truly Create forget things just what off the basis is of the it. truth. Whoa. And I do think sometimes the truth changes as well. Within days, your own memories will change day to day. So I'm going really too love, deep. I, I too honestly soon. love that. <laughs> I think I can firmly. I, this is this is my shit. 
Um, all right, well then, specifically then, what feeling do you get in relation to creating music? Because you touched upon the idea of, of... I find the idea of, 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 of invention mm-hmm. quite fascinating. I know that like Einstein or whatever said there's no such thing as like an original idea or something. It's like an amalgamation of inspiration that you kind of hide in your own. Definitely. You know, people talk about that, you, someone being like almost a vessel or like a conduit yeah. for something. Do you, do you believe in that too? Do you get a feeling similar to that? In I, terms I of think creation? so, yeah. I feel like with music, my connection with, with music and playing music, and I've only feel like I've just re- realised this at the moment, is very similar to people's connection to listening to music as well as a way of describing it. I think sometimes when I sit down and plug in, if I'm getting on the tube or something, and I plug in and put on a song, I think it does two things simultaneously, which is it helps me understand myself and my... I guess if I have any problems or thoughts, and it helps me understand all those thoughts at the same time as as taking them away um, when I'm listening to music or or making it feel better within forgetting about them um, and having the music. And I sometimes think sitting down and playing guitar or sitting down and playing piano is almost exactly the same. It somehow mm. allows me to digest my own thoughts as well as forgetting them at the same time whilst playing. And I guess that, that sort of feeling is what's made me just want to play and write music for as long as I have and hopefully for a, a long time. Because you'd say that it's... it's therapeutic maybe yeah I mean it's this year's the first I think actually last year is the first uh, year I started having therapy and that was something I always had said about music is oh yeah music's so therapeutic to me it's like therapy but I've never had therapy (laughs) before it's Mm. just my version of what I imagine I guess therapy to be like Um, and now yeah after starting therapy and which I think is amazing for a while I wanted to call my album everyone needs a therapist it's true um, and my therapist would agree. Yeah, have you got a therapist? Yeah, yeah. it's great. I mean, it's it's. I stopped for a little bit because she her, her te- specific technique is she wants me to try and like not get too reliant. She's like weaning you off her. Yeah, she, her her particular style is is to try and like have a toolkit and utilize it in the real world and real world and then just hit her up if it gets too much. But the, just to, as a disclaimer, this is after like a year of like re- like really intense, sometimes three times a week. Really? Yeah, for a particular period, yeah. Yeah. I think it's very similar, yeah. Like a, an intensive section of therapy sessions and mm. then take away what you've learned and have something more sporadic, which is when and if you need it. Mm. Um, but yeah, music, I think, is very, very, I guess, similar to that because within therapy, you're delving into your own feelings in such a way that you don't do. I think in normal everyday life life is so busy that you often put them to one side or bury them down and I definitely would do that someone who talks and or sings about their emotions all the time um someone who buries their emotions yeah. deeply which is really contradictory to what I do I, I read back a lyric that I, I heard a verse that I'd done on this song like a year ago before I had like quite a quite a substantial breakdown and like it was. I was literally in in these lyrics, saying what I'd then go on and figure out in myself. So it was almost like I was. I'd just listen to these lyrics, but I'd just be like, "Oh yeah," and carry on with my day. It's quite like, amazing, I didn't feel isn't attached. It? And I always. What I wonder if you know, because you're. Do you feel as though you're writing from a, like a place of almost like childishness, or, but but in in that kind of outlook on the world, but not necessarily. 
Um, Does it feel like the same part of you that's writing this music as, as the, the one that's performing it? Oh, gosh. Oh, that's actually mind blowing my mind a yeah, bit. Yeah, that's hurt my brain a little yeah. bit. I guess I think it is. I think the my whole creative self is definitely one thing, but I think I for a while I've lived like two versions of myself, right, yeah. definitely. Like at a creative version who expresses and delves deeply into my own thoughts and feelings in the world and um, and can go on stage and somehow sing about them. And then this other part of me, which is, I think, quite hard... I've got quite a hard exterior, I think, sometimes, which is very different um, to this other open, I guess quite vulnerable self of me within my music. Yeah. Um, and I think until probably within the last this record I think they've become one um, in a way and I think that's probably been one of the best things that, that's happened to me is the, so the connection of these two parts and you've me. written this record since starting therapy yeah I think this record uh, is this is pretty much this it's like I can become the best of both worlds I don't have to be Whoa. somehow so vulnerable and fragile also hard and uh, tough and I don't know what the other words are there's a, an amalgamation of the two things which is going to hopefully allow me to live a I guess a more peaceful life in my own mind really and it hasn't affected your creativity no it's been very different actually I think in other points when I've been writing songs I've been very aware that I'm writing a song that I'm sitting down at a piano and that's I'm playing a G chord or I'm playing an F I'm being very aware of Weird what thing. I'm doing and that I'm writing a song and this is possibly the chorus and those thoughts that are going through my head this point with this record it was um, it was probably one of the like it's hard to describe it because it was a low a low point but the lowest point but it's also been a point of huge self-discovery within it um, and within that because of the way I was feeling, I was I was so consumed by my own feelings that I was so unaware that I was writing a song at the time. So I very much, I, you can remember sitting down at the piano thinking, I don't know what is going on inside me at the moment and I can't understand it. I'm just going to sit down at the piano for a bit and then at the end of it there being a song there and I've been totally unaware of the fact that I've, there's been an outpour, I guess, of Whoa. music. And this that's pretty much what this album's been, and it's been written in a really small period of time, about, I'd say, four or five months. And how long was it since your last album? Uh, it will be like two years in July, so I guess just under two years. Whoa, that's not, I can't wait to listen to that. Well, oh, hopefully, it feels like it's the first piece of music that feels like one thing. Like, out of albums I've made before, lots of things feel like a collection of songs that I've collected over a period of time and this feels like one and has it thing. shifted has has making the album shifted your perspective on the event that caused it I'm still trying to work out what caused it all really in a way like I sometimes I'm like how did I end up there and how did I end up with all those feelings and um oh it's not clear cut like that it's just, yeah. it just a kind of thing of like caught up with you I don't know if it was just perfect storm, really, mm. and, all, and I think many triggers of um, of 
I guess I don't know what, it, what to call them, as sort of like blows that I was able to get up from each mm. one. And then the, the final blow, and it was, it was, yeah, like a knockout. And then you. they all came at once. All of the things I hadn't dealt with that I had got up from all came at once. So it could yeah, be... Yeah, happened to me too. See what I mean? Yeah, it's fucking dark, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it mm. is. And, uh, and then I guess you start a painful kind of inner journey of understanding it. yeah. I guess the, the the only positive I can take from it is um, coming out the other side, really. Right. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Really... Um, feel stronger for it. Feel so much stronger for it and better in myself for it. But at the same time, the thought of going through it again is very, you know, even though there is a positive, I wouldn't want to go, go through it Of again. course not. The, but the dream is to feel as though if it was to happen again, you'd have a better tools to deal. Hundred percent. I know feel that, that a little a way bit. out now. Like yeah. it's different. It's, it's very different. I would hope. Think I'm in love with a singer. Yeah, but I wanna get richer. Life threw me a bag of lemons. No wonder I'm bitter. So up until that point, do you think you had an awareness of mental health? Were you were you actively avoiding it, or did you just you know, or was it one of these things where? I think I was. I think I was um, pretty ignorant, to be honest, right. to it before this were there um, any flags in, in your behaviour or anything panic attacks or anything um, yeah I had one uh, panic attack I've never talked about it I don't think it like ever I don't even think okay. anyone in my life knows about it it was a period of time um, before my second record and um, I'd written a record and I've you know never co-written it's not been of interest to me but I was within the, the guess the machine of a major and there was pressures. I'd finished a record, but the pressures at the hit wasn't there. And yeah. I'm not a hit musician. And, um, and there was pressures to do some co-writes. And there was even, you know, co there was terrible conversations, you know, like, oh, we, you know, if you do this, we will do this. You know what I mean? The sort of kind of well, blackmail. It was sort of like things like, you know, we think you need a younger, good, more good looking band. And then I'll be like, these band, this is my best mate, so I'm not the, my best mate, so I don't, you're, you're obviously very shallow. It's like, fine, you can keep them if you just do one, uh, like, co-write, if you just try it. Like, small, sort of, like, kind of okay, but it's, like, terrible conversations. So they, they were all happening, um, and I was, guess, getting my reality check on, actually, what I've always dreamed of, being a musician, doing this, isn't quite panning out the way I'd uh, imagined it to. And I remember I went, I had to do this co-write. It was with a very, I guess, successful band. And I went down um, to Cardiff. And I checked myself as my travel lodge. And I just had a terrible experience because of my own feelings of not wanting to be there. And me also trying to understand, does this mean I'm not good enough? Am I on my own not good enough? And all these things. And yeah. I ended up. I think I, and it was weird, I don't know if it was a panic attack, I don't know what it was, but I woke up in the middle of the night in a travel lodge thinking I was having a heart attack pretty much. And like um, calling, I didn't, I called my husband and he was like, we've got this old Morris Minor, which goes about 40 miles an hour. <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to get in the Morris Minor now and I'm driving. I was like, it's going to take you about six hours. Six hours. <laughs> yes, He's like, one in the morning, you can't, it's fine. Just, and then he, and then just be there I literally me. just thought I was going to, I was having a heart attack. And then eventually calling, um, just calling like a sort of helpline of, um, and, and this person, lady on the phone was like, is there anyone you can call that you can, who can come and see you now? And it's like, no, do you know anybody in Cardiff? No, you know, and it was going through this list 
And at the beginning, I'd had to have given my hotel room, my travel lodge room, and they're just like, I'm sending an ambulance. And they was like, please don't, please don't. Yeah. Like this desperate me going like, don't oh do my it. God, don't make a big please scene. don't send an ambulance to my travel lodge. This is actually ridiculous now. Yeah. I'm fine. No, but that is scary. Listen, that is, that's a terrifying feeling though. Yeah, so that what? was their first, my first and I think only panic attack. And these two wonderful young girls came who were probably my age and just sat with me and like put me up to a heart monitor and was like, just sort of, Calmed you down. Calmed me down, and I just went home the next day. And it was really ironic. I went down, and I had like two more nights at this travel lodge that I was like non refundable. And then I gave my room number. I was like, I think I'm gonna have to check out early. And they're like, Which room are you? And it's like, gave my room number, which is obviously the room with the ambulance team in my room at night. Gave me my money back, and as it was happening, I had a song from my first record just playing on top of the Whoa. sound system. And I just had this like moment of of um, clarity really because yeah. it was sort of so dark and awful that I pretty much the next day just went and was like just drop me to my major label just please just drop me because it's not worth it like, none, none, yeah none of this is worth it so um, please just drop me and then um, that's yeah and then and then they just put out my record the way it was and it You're was damn finished right. and then onwards and upwards really Whoa. from it yeah, I feel you. Thank you for thank you for sharing that. I think, um, yeah, man, I've only had one as well. Really? So that's actually why. That's actually why I, I started therapy. It's horrible. It's almost yeah. It's and it's so I don't like even know if it was a pan. I don't even know what. No, it was. it's what you said. No sort what, of like that's the, how my friend it, described it. Yeah, no, totally. I my, just had this a heart mad attack thing. Is panic in my, attack in my chest where and it felt like it's anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, I was literally like, I think I'm having a heart attack or something's happening. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it's horrible. It was a really like a, an unknown and a, like a feeling I've never had. And that, 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 those emotions you talk about, having to contend with that, especially as a creative, I think is very real. But actually, creativity aside, it's very real. That, that feeling of, of inadequacy or, like, or feeling deprioritized by people who are supposed to be looking after you. I think that happens... Yeah. At, not only in record labels, but a, a lot. Def- I think and we people expect don't everyone realize. to be so much stronger than they are. Yeah. You know, just to be able to deal with things and that and and cope. Um, it's a lot. It, and it is too much. Like we're people. I think people expect too much from people and think they can say things that don't that are painful that they but they have no right to be upset by them in a way. Like even if I got if when I came back and I was like, please please drop me and it's like I've had a, I've had a bad you know I think the person I spoke to was the label they're like oh boo hoo you had a panic attack you know what I mean don't lie yeah no seriously and I felt like I was after like, this finishes recording I think we're going to name some names no. it's it's more of a just a sort of like we're working on that by the way we're working on on um on having it as a as a guarantee that artists are I looked after in therapeutically. I think it's important because at that point, you know, when it, when it was just happened, even the thought of thinking about what happened was really emotional. It was like, I don't even want to remember what happened last yeah, night because it was just really scary yourself. and it was terrible. So then even voicing it to somebody and it was like, oh, you had a panic attack, like, boo-hoo, does that mean that you're not, you know what I mean? It, was, it wasn't like taken serious. It didn't feel like it was a serious thing, which then made me feel isolated in my own thoughts and then it almost then there was a period of time where I thought when I got on the tube and the tube stopped in a tunnel and I sort of had like a moment of like oh this is reminding me a little bit of what's happened oh god is it going to happen again and then it was almost the paranoia of it happening 
started to control me for a period of time yeah, as well. That's, that's an, yeah. <laughs> Which I think is, and I think everyone's probably at some point in their lives felt something like this. And going back to me being ignorant before all of this and before my own, I guess, issues with my mental health, I probably was nowhere near as understanding as I should have been to people who had, who had gone through or were having anxiety because for some reason as someone who hadn't experienced it I thought that this, you could be rational with it mm, yeah, like you know like yeah but you need if you rationalize that you know and you can you're gonna go home in the morning so it's fine and, and then it, I realized that that 100% goes out of the window and I feel really ashamed emotion really. emotion is so irrational as well it's so yeah. irrational in, it, in its and the whole, I used to sort of think like if someone was, if I had a friend who was talking to me, I sometimes try and make it better by trying to make them see all the positives in life. And I don't think that was <laughs> potentially helpful either. You know, well, like yeah, I mean, I, I think someone who's yeah, there's there's a case for not being heard or seen. There's a case for listening and understanding in a way that I don't know if I had done. If that makes sense, yeah, I'd more like let's help them, and and, and all I needed to do at the time was listen. Uh, there's two questions that I like to ask that add some form of continuity to uh, ultimately structuralist show. Um, <laughs> but what's your favourite colour? That's such a huge question. It's actually a bit deep, isn't it? That's such a huge question. You don't have to be right. That's the... I don't know. There's no right or wrong. I feel like if I choose one, it's like I'm saying the rest are crap. No, you're not. You're not. I don't even know what's my What's the first colour that comes to your head? Blue, because I'm a Cov City fan. Love Sky it. Sky Blue Army. Love it. So it's just connected to them, the Sky Blue Army. That's what I am. Coventry City. Yeah. It used to be good, isn't it? Used to be amazing. Yeah, those glory days. Used to be in the prem, right? Ticket. Yeah, Dion Dublin, traitor. Though went to Aston Villa, and I'll never ever it's forget. Called, I thought him. Aston Villa was Birmingham rivals. Yeah, well, then they're still rivals with Cough City. Really? Big time. Coventry hate, right next to Birmingham. Hey, Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs> I was sort of mentioned it on. I can't remember what it was. I think on like on Soccer End, they're like, "Who's your favourite Cov City player ever?" And I was like, "Darren Huckabee." Yeah. And then he followed me straight away. Best moment of my life. And then we sort of had a debate about, or not me and him. We were on the same side of people saying, "You've got to forgive," you know, if people go through rivals. <laughs> and then I just, I hardly when I was hardly go on Twitter, and it was just like, "No, no, no, <laughs> never, ever." And then, like, from, I think Darren Huckabee liked it. It's like, you don't do that. There's so many clubs to pick from. There's no excuse. All right, next one. What's your favourite shape? Favourite shape? Oh, my God. I think a circle. Great. That's literally our logo. Thank you. Is it? Yeah. I think it's... I don't even... Honestly, if I go to a restaurant... I think it is the best I can't shape. order my food. It, you either accept it as part of who I am, or you hate going to restaurants with me. But I can't order my own food. What's that with circles? I don't know really what my favourite shape is. I don't really know what my favourite colour is. Oh. I don't know anything substantial. It's fair enough. It's like I think who likes favourites anyway? Who yeah. likes favouritism? If you're the favourite, I guess you would like it. Hmm. So now it has its ups and downs. Do you think so? Yeah, more pressure. If you're well, someone's favourite, you have to constantly think about when you're going to be deprioritised. Whereas if you're in the middle, you haven't got that much stress, have you? And you can only really go up. Yeah, you just you enjoy the ride a bit. 
Good point. It's, it's hard at the top, I've heard. <laughs> Is there anything you do to look after your mental health now? Is there like I little think, routines? I think I'm still learning. Yeah. This, I feel like... But any tips? Oh my goodness, any tips. It's really hard because the best thing that I've done is get a therapist but I know it's so expensive mm. you know and I don't and it has this long for yeah long. right I don't know like I'm lucky enough that I've gone private and just paid to have a therapist and get on you know get on with sort of sorting myself out in a sort of way and chatting and learning um, but for friends when I see them going through like sometimes trying to get get it sorted it just takes a long long time like mm. I don't and it, then a couple of them have just sort of given up really you know amongst the appointments and trying to sort it out um so you know my advice is that's been the most helpful thing for me and it seems like it's just really hard sometimes to get to get it because i guess the the question is what is the the parameters of what makes somebody need a therapist you know yeah i think if i go to the doctors you know maybe i don't i should i'm not I don't know what the words are, a case that needs a therapist, but for me, I really, it's been monumental. I think that, I think if if we're, we're, I mean, we're aiming a lot, obviously this is for all ages, but with this this campaign, Iron Hole campaign started, aimed at a younger audience, and I think the charity partners that we have are doing some cool stuff on the ground. Yeah, YMCA, The Mix, Calm, um, they all have like... They all have great campaigns and, and accessibility helplines. Amazing. Services, um, nights, events, panels. Well, it feels like it's like a turning point. I think I also see to your Professor Green one. Yeah, it's the first really popular about, one, that one, isn't it? Um, I don't know. Hate, you know, if someone hating on people or having negative thoughts and actually all that's doing is impacting you because they'll <sighs> never know. Yeah, 100%. Um, and not that you're hating on anything, but if we're talking about anything which is the political climate or the disagreements that are going on everywhere and how infuriating it is. The whole time. It's constant. And sometimes I felt like thinking about it and trying to understand it is like... In something that I think now I'm just beginning to feel totally hopeless in, it's all it's doing is... is it's wild. It's hurting me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, I get updates on my phone, yeah, news updates. And it's only now and again that I realise I'll get an update like, plane crashed. <laughs> Do I mean? And it's like, I understand the necessity for it to be... For the news and I understand. Stuff. I understand the necessity of checking out the world and keeping up to date and whatever else. But like, in that moment, I can only feel sad. I can't look at that thing and go like, oh, okay. That's the most amazing thing that I picked up the other day at the airport and now I've got a subscription to, which is called Positive News. Yeah. And it is unbelievable. Well, happy, it's not happy news. It's called Positive News. My it's friend this, does one like that. magazine. I'm sure there's loads of it. And it's just got all of these amazing things that are happening yeah, in the world. That's great. That's great. Like, really amazing stories of amazing people doing even a smaller thing as having a wormery under their sink. Yeah. You know, like, we're talking like, it doesn't have to be like massive, like, big. monumental things of like, with your own food waste and if your council don't do it. Have a little wormer if you don't want mine worms. And then that makes like the richest compost for your plants. I'm mad into gardening. That's helped me like hugely. Oh my God, help me please. I think gardening would save my life, but I just don't know where to start. Yeah, gardening has been Probably a massive, massive part. And, and lots of researchers prove that gardening's massively because good for your Because it teaches you about incremental change, isn't it? And patience. Tell you what, the, the, the biggest things for me when you feel like 
you're in a rut and you don't know how to get out um, and you know struggling even to like get on with the day with gardening it's every morning I woke up and I'd seen something I planted being a little bit you know what I mean it had just grown a tiny bit a little bit more it was just growing there right in front of me and only I would notice because I'm looking at it every single day make a cup of tea and looking at my garden and looking at the things I've planted and seeing this natural growth of something quite amazing like really truly amazing um, that's just forming in front of me and I felt like that, that was great so yeah gardening and positive news I guess would be two slight bits of advice love that Oh my god, you're not. Yeah, I love. I mean, you can do your thing with the your anxiety about yourself on this podcast, but I genuinely think it's been informative, honest, open. Um, we've covered all points without really trying, which is wicked. How did you, have you felt? Is there so much? Oh, I, I, I'm I quite worried that I've been a ship interviewer. Shut up. I, I absolutely love this. Like oh, this is, I feel like the thing I struggle sometimes with life is when you're meeting new people is that yeah. you have to do the small talk. Mm. I find small talk really, really, really difficult. Um, and sometimes I know when you do small talk and you're forming relationships with people, you're going to get to the good stuff eventually. That's mm. how I feel anyway, yeah. which is through meeting and talking and having a, a, like a being comfortable with each other you could get to those like deeper conversations that feel like I don't know like they're, you're, they're adding something to your life in a way totally and for me that's like and I know it's really terrible because I do at the same time love watching things like X Factor and like talking about things like that as well but go ahead, this it feels like a part if I a part of um, I guess being interviewed sometimes feels like something that's not nice because you feel like you're just talking about yourself until you hate yourself but this feels like something where you're talking about things that you care about great and, and matters you care about so it doesn't feel good it, it's really it's all what I love really well thank you for being on the whole truth podcast Lucy Rose please um, subscribe and also rate it uh, it just yeah, however you want the rating must reflect the whole truth and nothing but the truth but I will say that a higher rating will improve our algorithm. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Powered by Spirit Studios.